All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to Footwork, a podcast for those who dream big, never settle, and make their own path. I'm Sean. And I'm Dylan. Together with guests, we share stories and tips every Monday to educate, inspire, and create a community built of soccer players and dream chasers. Better to have a short life that is full of what you like doing than a long life spent in a miserable way. Today's guest comes with a really intriguing and original path, and we can't wait to dive into it. So, Nico Gayton, thanks for coming on. Welcome to Footwork. Uh, thank you guys so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Now, we want to start off with a, a bench cut cell or bench start cell, excuse me, of center mids. We have Rodri, Casemiro, Fabinho. Who are you sending away? Who's starting? Who's on the bench? Cell uh, Rodri. Oh, okay. that was quick. Start Casemiro and bench Fabinho. Wow. Okay. Nice. Yeah. I like that. I've, I've, do you find that tough or was that kind of easy for you? No, nah, that was kind of easy. I mean, Casemiro. <laughs> we tried to make it tough. Right? That, yeah, you can't. Casemiro's, yeah. you know. He's got the titles too. Yeah, yeah exactly. He's won it all. Yep. Um, yeah, so I mean here at footwork we kind of have this motto it's called make your own path so you know it's following your own route it doesn't mean you have to follow the roots of others that normal you know you're following your dreams and you're doing what fulfills you so what would you say make your own path means to you uh just just being yourself and you know doing uh whatever makes you or whatever you think is right for yourself not really uh going with what everybody else does or what with everybody else says it's how you feel and and what you think is best for you that's pretty much what i think that that means love that and you certainly made your own path and before we dive deeper into into your story into your career can you give the listeners a a narrated movie trailer so to speak um of your life up until now uh Dang. <laughs> uh, you know the linkedin yeah, no, the linkedin uh, version the linkedin version there you go so yeah no um obviously started out uh in the u.s uh in the academy at albertson academy in new york mm. um was on the u.s youth national team um from there i went to argentino juniors in argentina first division club but uh the youth system uh, from there, Ophi Crete in Greece, first division. Um, from there, two different teams in Spain, Alcala and San Roque Lepe in third division. And then um, I had signed in first division Montenegro, but I had left uh, before the season started. Um, and then uh, in the Nisa League for Valley United. And now I'm here in and Michel Almine, it's called in second division Argentina. Amazing. Amazing. What a journey, man. Yeah. Yeah, crazy. Do you look back at it and you're like, like just after saying that, you're like, oh, damn, like I've I've really been around. I've really done this. Yeah. It, honestly, it's flown by so fast. Mm. Uh it's it's crazy how fast it's gone by. Like it was just like yesterday, I was 18 years old in Greece. And now I'm 27 in Argentina, and it's it's crazy. It really is. It, it flies. It definitely flies. Does it does it make you feel like I don't know? Are you are you grateful for it now? I mean, I guess in terms of like, especially as when we're younger, we always kind of want the next thing to come, and then you look back on you're like, holy shit, that was so fast. Like, do you feel like you could have been more grateful on the journey, or you feel like you always kind of understood what was going on? No, I I definitely could have been more grateful. Definitely. I mean, you know, I was a typical, you know, young kid from New York. Uh, kind of thought that, you know, I deserved everything. Mm-hmm. And then when you start, you know, on your own and going from country to country and being on yourself, you kind of realize that that's not how it works, especially in, in football. So, mm-hmm. uh, but now I look at, I look back at it and the experiences and, and everything I've been through, and um, you know, I wouldn't, I would never go back and and change what what I did. So, I'm just great, grateful for all that, for sure. 
And let's start with the now, a very recent new contract for you, like you uh, just mentioned, second division Argentina. How is it uh, to be back there? Have you spent some time there at Boca Juniors and now you're back seven years later? Surreal. I mean, I haven't been back in 10 years. Um, you know, my family's from here. Uh, used to come as a kid, vacation. Then, you know, I lived here, played here, but um, I haven't been back in 10 years. Honestly, I never thought I'd come back. Um, but obviously, you know, never say never. And, mm -hmm. well, here I am. And to be honest, it, it hasn't been much of a – it hasn't been so hard to adapt um, living-wise. Obviously, the, the style of football and the training and all that is very different. Um, but other than that, you know, it's it feels good to be back. It feels good to be to be back in in the country where my you know my grandparents are from and country that I respect and love so much. So on that part, I'm I'm really happy to be back. How about a day in the life right now? So I I know a lot of a lot of younger guys like to see like how it kind of goes in the professional leagues and stuff. So for you, I guess we'll do a training day. What does that look like for you in terms of, you know, the whole day, really? Yeah, so normally um, I get picked up around 8.45, 8.50. Uh, we got to be at training at 9.30. So we'll get there kind of early because the stadium's like five minutes away from where I'm staying. So get there, we eat breakfast uh, at the facility, at the stadium. Uh, change pretty much every day, go in the gym for a little bit, for about half an hour. And then um, it depends what day it is. If it's Monday, Tuesday, we'll just go straight on the field and start at 10 o'clock. If not, we'll have video for three or four days straight on other teams and, and video on us and what we have to do. And then, you know, go straight on the field, train, finish around – 11 30 12 you know and, and i don't but you know there's ice baths and you know people go see the, the doctors and all that stuff and come home eat lunch and then pretty much just relax all day because training's tough it's intense we don't really have it too many uh days off so um that's pretty much it just come home relax eat dinner and then fall asleep and do it all the next day Amazing. ice bath not for you though it's too cold. Nah, yeah, yeah, I don't like that. So. <laughs> it's hit or miss. I feel yeah. like you either hate it or love it. You know, I'd rather just sleep. Ah, hey, yeah, that's nap. good it's too. Important. It's just as important. Yeah. probably more important yeah. anyway. And here's a word from our sponsors. That's us, Jess, Dylan, and Sean. Footwork.club, the official website for all things footwork, is now live. Check out all Footwork podcast content, including episodes, guest features, and YouTube videos. The Press, a section with written articles, interviews, and blogs from ourselves and guests. Game Time, updates about our season in Germany and what's going on behind the microphone. Want to go pro? Dedicated to helping soccer players follow their dreams with helpful info and our consultation sign-up. That's a free video call with us to connect and ask anything. And of course, the Footwork Shop. We got some of the best merch around, as well as free PDF templates like a CV builder and much more. So join the club at footwork.club. You just mentioned about you had to kind of adjust to how the training is in Argentina. What is so different about it than where you've been? So there's, it's the mentality, I think, of the players in South America, for sure, than maybe the players in the U.S., where I was coming from. Uh, because the mentality here is, you know, the players need this to live. You know, they need this to feed their families. Not everybody in this country or in South America in general is grateful. And not, I wouldn't say grateful, but they're not uh, as, they're not as, I can't find the word, lucky to maybe mm. have the things that we have back in the States. So, training every day I mean there's not one player that doesn't train like he's playing his last game of his career so obviously you have to match that intensity because if you don't then you'll be left behind real quick so um, especially being new being out from out of the country um, your teammates knowing that everybody knowing that around the club uh, around the city you kind of have to if they give 100, you kind of have to give 150. 
So mm. um, obviously getting used to that because I haven't had that in a while. Um, getting used to that is, you know, not taking a toll on me, but, you know, it's, it's something you have to get used to. So uh, every day I think I'm, you know, getting more used to it, but it's been a while since since I've experienced or lived this type of situation that I'm in right now. Mm -hmm. And does it feel like you can't even take one day off in terms of like not being on your game or you kind of fall off the pack a little bit? Yeah, you can, you can. It's, it's, it's impossible because there's not one day that a player here isn't on their game or isn't mm -hmm. working a thousand percent or, or isn't sharp or anything like that. So the minute that happens here, I mean, if you're a starter and you have one day like that and the guy who's your sub has a good day, then that's just that one day puts you on the bench, puts him on the field. So, and, and obviously everybody wants to play. So um, that's, I think that's the, the beautiful part. And I think that's what makes me personally, this is just me, what I think the football in Argentina, probably the hardest football to play in the mm. world just because of the players and their necessities and, and you know, the way they live and, and breathe this, this, this job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It makes total sense. And I mean, kind of flipping with that too, you, you've spent a great amount of time around the game now being 27. So at this stage in your career, what would you say drives you? Is it, is it the competition? Is it love for sport? You have new goals you want to accomplish. Is it a mixture of different things? What what drives you now? Yeah, it's it's a mixture. It's proving maybe to myself that I can definitely play at the highest level possible. Um, obviously, love for the game because this is all you know. I tell everybody all the time. This is all I know. Um, I wouldn't be making these sacrifices that I made since I'm fourteen, fifteen, if it wasn't because I love the game. Obviously, um, you know, things like that, obviously, you know, um, now even more than, than before because I'm going to be a dad. So, you know, hey, congratulations. Like congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So just things like that, especially, especially that motivate me more and more every day to, you know, put myself and my family and in, in, in obviously a better position. Mm -hmm. So I know that for me to do that, I have to have to be motivated and be wanting to wake up and, and get to work every day. And how do you think growing up on Long Island and New York City and that kind of hotbed of talent um, maybe drove this mindset into you at such a young age? Uh, I mean, you know, we were playing when I was younger and, you know, the leagues and maybe not so good areas against older kids and, and um, playing five, six games seven games a weekend, you know, indoor, outdoor, on bad fields, good fields. So um, I was around it, obviously, my whole life. I mean, my, my dad was, was a professional. And and so so I guess it's just I was born with it. It's in my blood. And, you know, being able to be in New York with playing alongside some really good players I grew up with in, in Albertson and all that stuff and just having around me really drives you even more to you know to want to reach this goal i think it's very possible that we've we've all played against each other right because sean sean is from massapequa so. so that is a good chance yeah i was you, playing a little bit more upstate like newburgh area but i do think like i've played albertson many times so it's very possible yeah it could be I who are some players you were playing with albertson that Oh, some players like Andrew Teneri. Yeah, yeah, we played. Uh, I I played for Hicksville Extreme. It's the same age group. Okay, yeah. Hicksville's Thunder. Small and all world, that. always. Yeah, yeah. All yeah. so yeah, we were all together at Alberton. Right, right. Mm. Yeah, good team then. Oh, Very yeah. good team. A lot that's, of time. That's that. I always say that that team is probably like, and I'm talking like professional everything that my last our last year in the academy. Uh, we lost in nationals. We didn't get to the finals. That was like one of the most talented soccer soccer teams I've ever been a part of. Mm. Yeah, it was unbelievable. We, we by pro? far had the best. Team. What did you are say? There, are there 
Are there other guys playing pro from that team too? I'm just wondering like where everyone's made it to. Frank, Frankie Martinez. He's at Chattanooga uh -huh. and Nisa, center okay. back. And uh, I think that's it, if I can remember right now. Yeah, just Teneri, obviously. He he stopped playing now, but me, Teneri, Frankie Martinez. And yeah, I think that's it. Nice. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. One of the last ones left. You got to keep it going for them. <laughs> um, but you, yeah, you mentioned, I mean, one of the major differences between, I think, a path like yours and many that we've had on this podcast is the the timing of it all. You left home, the home country, you know, that you were born in at the age of 15 to go play in Argentina. Now, you mentioned you that your family's from there and everything, but it's still picking up and moving to a new place. So, I mean, what was that feeling like? Was it was it a mixture of of nerves and dream chasing? How how do you feel in those shoes from back then? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely tough. I mean, 15 years old, but then again, it was my decision. Uh, it's what I wanted, and my you know, thank God that I had the support of my my family, which obviously helps a lot. Um, but at the end of the day, it was my decision, and um, so I. Even if I wanted to go back on it, I couldn't because I had already made that decision and and that's what I wanted. And it was it was tough. It was tough because as a 15 year old, you know, in high school and you're missing out on a lot of things. And, you know, but but at the end of the day, it was. It was for a reason. Mm -hmm. So obviously I had that goal that that's this is what I wanted. This is what I wanted to do. And I thought that was the best way to achieve it. So, so I knew I, no matter what I had to, I had to be strong and I had to stick it out and I had to go through with it. And how so long, sorry, go ahead. Sean. How long since moving or when you moved there, did you feel like, okay, this was definitely the right decision. Like this is best for my career. Yeah, it took, it took a couple months, maybe like four or five months when, when I started to to kind of adapt to the football and to the life and the, you know understanding the lives that some of these kids live because you know like I said you know us from Long Island you know we we live comfortably we live good for the most part and there's kids here that that you know teammates that I've had and that didn't have parents or that lived in awful areas that maybe they didn't eat all day so being able to understand that and and being able to, to adapt to the football, once I got that, um, you know, and I felt like I was in the right place and, and you know, mentally and physically on the field and off the field, then I knew that, that that decision I had made was the right one. And even now, looking back on it, uh, that's it was the best thing that could happen to me because I just, the experience and the things that I learned on and off the field and, and stuff like that, I think, that was it was really important in my career and in life what kind of things do you think really helped your development both on and off the field just the hunger just the hunger and the and the need to like you know win and and win every challenge and to that mentality like that you know it's it's do or die to you know going hard on tackles and to make sure that every day you come, you have to give a hundred percent because if not, um, you know, you're never going to make it. So mm -hmm. it, I think it was that mentality that they have here where they, where it was like, we're going to go because we need to feed our families. Obviously that wasn't my case, but you, that's contagious. So just that mindset, getting into that mindset, um, it, it helps you a lot. And what were some ways you adapted to not only moving to the new country, but you have a new team and culture, like you said, with people from completely different situations than where you grew up? I mean, I'm I'm a quiet kid. I always was quiet. So, you know, real humble, just put my head down, um, tried to work hard, tried to be nice to everybody and, and be friends with everybody. But to be honest, I was lucky because I saw the way guys had, you know, come in that weren't involved in the team were treated um I was treated differently for some reason I'm not sure why you know they they accepted me from from day one even though we were 15 year old kids it was like 
it was crazy how, you know, sometimes kids would get treated that were coming in on trial or, or stuff like that. But for some reason, um, I fit in really well with the group. It was that, that part wasn't, it wasn't too bad, but, um, I think that stuff also helped a lot. Mm-hmm. And how long was that first stint in, in Argentina? How long were you there for? I think it was three years. Mm, three years. So did you come? Yeah. Did you come back to the U.S. at all during that time? Yeah. You... Well, yeah, vacation, Holiday, um, yeah. like Christmas mm-hmm. time and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But my my dad, like my dad, my mom had came down. My grandparents they would come down and visit because you know family's from here, so they would come visit all the time. Plus, I was living with some family members, mm-hmm. so. It wasn't that that part wasn't it wasn't too bad. Yeah. And you also played for the US national team. Was that around the same time as you moved to, to Argentina? Yeah, yeah. Same same time. And how does this come about? Walk us through that. What is what are the ins and outs of that? Um, well, it's I I started with the U 14s Started under 14s. Um I just played in the academy at Alberton. Um I was I was doing really well. I had one really good season, and um, I got called in the one camp. I think it was the last U14 camp of the year. I got called in. It was in New Jersey at the PDA's complex, and then ever since there, I was, I got, I didn't miss a camp up until U18s. So, um, you know, I think uh, that also helped, mm. you know, a lot with with me maturing as a player, also. Did that have a, a like a pretty professional setup? The national team? Yeah. Like compared, especially compared to like, you know, your experience after with that in terms of professionalism and a competition, I would say. Like how did how did those two kind of go against each other? Yeah, I mean, other? when we would it was ridiculous. I mean, you know, free Nike stuff all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, a bunch of trainers, you were traveling, you didn't have to pay for anything. We would even get, you know, per diem, uh, U15 and stuff like that, being able to play against other that. Yeah, it was really professional. And then the competition was the best because it was always the best players in the country in that age group. So, I mean, and my age group, it just so happened that we were really, really talented. So, I mean, the competition was really, really good. Mm-hmm. So a few years national team, three years Argentina, but you don't end up staying in Argentina. You actually take a next move out into Europe, into Greece. Can you tell us a little bit about how that came about, maybe why you didn't stay in Argentina, and then kind of, you know, your mind going into this move, okay, I'm going to Europe. Yeah, so um, I was here in Argentina, and um, I actually got offered, obviously, a, a professional contract, Um it was, I was doing really, really well. Uh, the club liked me a lot. And um, the club is a club that doesn't have much money to bring in players from, you know, other countries or foreigners. So the club I was at in Argentina, they they um, they um, like to use their kids from, from the youth teams. Um, but, you know, there was some miscommunication or something happened and, um, mm-hmm. I was going to, well, it, it was almost done for me to go to Boca Juniors. And um, the thing is that the club and the person who was helping me, you know, contract-wise and all that got into a huge fight. So um, they didn't let me leave. So I came back and uh, I played for Albertson the last year in the academy uh, for the last four months or something like that. And um an agent from New York who he's not an agent anymore, but he was an agent, uh, Ted Filipakos. Um, he's from Greece, uh, saw me play and we were talking. And so that summer, um, after I came back after playing for Alberton under 18s, uh, going to nationals and all that, um, told me that, you know, he had worked out a deal for me to go to Greece. So, I said, okay, let's go. You know, Europe, obviously everybody everybody dreams of playing in Europe. I didn't know much about Greek football or anything like that, but that's the type of person I am, you know. It was like, you know, you're going, and I was going. You know, I didn't really ask much questions. 
and uh when i got there i realized you know i was finally in europe mm. it was uh it was totally totally different than what i was used to which was argentina which is maybe a little more humble and and different different ways of doing things um but i had an advantage because thanks to that so mm. so it, i was um i i got I got started off on the right foot, I would say, when I got there. What What were the biggest differences? Like you said, in Argentina, there's maybe people are more hungry, maybe hungrier. They don't feel like they are owed so much. Is that something that you saw in Greece that players thought they were, you know, big egos? And yeah, I mean, um, just from everything, the the clothes they gave us, uh, so the fields we trained on. Uh, to the living situations and then obviously you know the the european culture i mean um like i said humble from argentina there was a lot of players i played with that that didn't have every anything and then in greece you know the the players were more well off you know they didn't maybe train as hard you know as we would here or and stuff like that so so like i said i think that that gave me a huge advantage when I got there. Mm. And what was the path like between the U20s and, and the first team in terms of training and, and being around it and having those opportunities to play? It was great. I mean, the I think it was the first week I got there in preseason. They already had put me with the first team. Um, wow. Yeah, the first week um, to play a scrimmage. And, and I actually did really well. And then obviously being an American, um, the club wasn't a, a huge club uh, historically. So it, it got a lot of, of noise because there was an American there. Mm -hmm. So like I said, it was that mentality that helped me. And then I trained uh, pretty much regularly with the first team. Um, so that 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 helped me a lot i would play i played games with the other 20s but i would train mostly with the first team and when you were there was was gattuso there that was the second year that was the second year okay and how was that yeah <laughs> it was an experience <laughs> um i remember i remember because the club was was going through some uh, money issues, you know, it happens. And um, I remember I was in Brazil with my family for the World Cup. And uh, my agent called me, Ted. And he's like, listen, we got to go back. You know, we got to resign. They're going to send over a contract. Gattuso's going to be the coach. I think this is perfect for you, you know, because of the way you are and the way you play. He's going to love you. So, you know, Gattuso's a footballing legend. Mm. So at that point, I was really excited. Um, I think I'm pretty sure it was the first team that he coached in his career after retiring. Um, it was different. It was definitely different. Um, really intense. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, it was <laughs> for the young guys. For the young guys, it wasn't so great. Um, because okay. the young guys like myself, you know, I was only 18, 19 for us, younger guys, we were held to like a, a different standard, I guess mm -hmm. you could say. Mm -hmm. Um, but also I learned a lot, a lot from him. Um, he happened to actually take a liking to me. Mm -hmm. Just, I don't, I'm not sure why, uh, he never told me why, but you know, it's one of those things where he would call me into his office or you know we're leaving training and he would put his arm around me and talk to me and give me advice so um that was huge for me uh but but it was definitely interesting I mean that what you saw on the field is what he was as a coach basically warrior yeah yeah he's intense yeah is he speaking English or I mean I don't know what language because he's Italian I nah, he, Italian he would, English he, yeah, nah, he would talk Italian and then there, his assistant would translate. Yeah, no. Nah. And does no anyone English. know, it's, is any Italians on the team? Or just, it's usually, like you said, there's not, nah. probably not that many foreigners. 
No, there was no Italians on the team. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. That's that's interesting. Just yelling Italian. Everyone's like uh, for he the would, translator. He would curse at people and yet mm-hmm. like get in your face and scream at you and like and guys would be so scared. I mean you know, they, Gattuso, we had yeah. guys on our team. Yeah, we had guys on our team that were professionals for a long time, maybe played on some big but it's Gattuso, you know, so it's kinda intimidating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter who you really are. Mm-hmm. Uh so yeah, he was intense though. He he was intense for sure. What were some of like the biggest Sorry. Go ahead. What what were some of the biggest lessons you took away from him or that he taught you? Well, I'll I'll never forget. Um we were doing some we were doing a drill. We would do it a lot. It was like eleven V zero. So playing out of the bag. It was in preseason. And um like different ways of how we were gonna play out of the bag and all that stuff. So um there was two defensive midfield. There was me and there was an older guy who was the captain. Uh, a Greek guy, and um, he was in his 30s, so he was he was fairly older than me. I was only 18, 19, and um, Gattuso wouldn't really get after those guys as much, you know. Uh, he would kind of go through the motions, and so we were doing this drill where the defense midfielders had to come back and get the ball from the center backs and then play out, and um, so I would just do what the captain did in front of me and uh I remember he stopped training and he went off on me just went off on me uh because of my positioning when I went to go receive the ball I was receiving the ball facing my own goal instead of turning my body so training finished and we went upstairs to the locker room and he came into the locker room he called me into his office and I sat down and I'll never forget all the coaching staff was there and he was sitting there and he said, um, he said, I'm going to tell you a story. He said, when Ancelotti first got to Milan, I was young. I was like you. And I was, you know, I was, I had a lot to learn. He said, and what I did to you today, Ancelotti did to me every day for a year straight. And he said, it wasn't because he hated me or, but because he wanted me to get better. And that's what I'm trying to do to you. I'm trying to show you these little or teach you these things to help you get better. And so when he said that to me, I mean, he didn't have to call me into the office, his office and tell me this. Or when he said that to me, I kind of, you know, put my head down and was like, wow. You know, he's over here talking about when he was at Milan with Ancelotti and you know, I'm sitting in front of him and he's saying that he's trying to do the same thing with me. It, it kind of, it gets to you. It gets mm. to you for sure. So it got to me. And every time, you know, I heard my name being yelled, I, instead of putting my head down, I was happy. Because uh, <laughs> I knew, you know, I knew, you know, and it was, it was something that I'll never forget. And that's something that I definitely, I tell a lot to a lot of people. Mm. And something that's that'll stick with me forever what a story yeah that's sick i mean yeah just having a roadmap like yours you've been across the world you've you know experienced different styles different coaches and some people may have the advantage of staying in one country and kind of making a name a little bit there getting comfortable maybe in that style and in that culture but one of the advantages you have is that you can take all these things from different coaches, from teammates, things you've learned outside of the game and bring them into your next opportunities. Do you feel like that's really helped you each time that you've gotten a new contract or a new, new season? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I mean, I've had teammates from all over the world. I've had coaches from all over the world. I've played 5 million different formations, uh, 5 million different styles of play. Um, so, so you kind of adjust uh, to to a lot. Um, so yeah, that for sure. I mean, obviously, you know, as a as a professional, you wanna like you said, maybe be a little more comfortable and stay in your comfort zone and be in a place for for a long time. But there's also you know a lot of bad things about that, and like you said, a lot of good things about about what I've done is is I've learned a lot from a lot of people and now I think I can pretty much adapt to mm-hmm. any situation. 
do you feel like your comfort zone is just now much bigger where anything that's thrown at you, you can kind of ride it out and, and, and make the best of a situation? Uh, a hundred percent that, and that's why I feel like what's happening, happening to me right now is um, I got this second chance to come back to, to this country, which is a huge football country. Um, like I said before, to me, it's the toughest football uh, toughest place to play in the world for me and um, it hasn't been hard at all it hasn't I haven't came home one day where I just put my head down and you know it's so far it's been it's been great it's been great so I really really do think that whatever I went through in the past footballing wise mm. um, definitely prepared me for situations like this and situations that will come in the in the future Incredible. Incredible. And then, and then from Greece, you, you had to Spain, um, correct? Yeah. And, and you played there for five years and over a hundred games as a starter for, um, two Spanish third division teams. How was yeah. that different from Greece and Argentina one? And did you feel comfortable there being there for five years? That's that almost became your second home at that point. Um, definitely different, obviously, from Argentina, because in Spain, obviously, the football is really good. It's not so much as maybe tough and, and dirty and, and hard. Um, so I was lucky I had that um, because I obviously also I love to play football, meaning that, like, you know, I love good football. Mm -hmm. But I had that that also that advantage to me, which not a lot of players in that country do have. And obviously... I was with the first team in first division full-time in Greece. So going down to third division, obviously maybe in some people's eyes is, isn't ideal, but um, the third division in Spain is, it's like I said, it's unbelievable the, the way they play football in that country. So it's not that much of a, of a difference the, the the football that we played in Greece we played just so happened that our team played really good football so um it just gave me like a, another again that advantage that I had going into Spain and being able to fit right in right away so how does it work in Spain in terms of the tiers obviously we, we know first second tier but you mentioned it so it's not full-time in the third tier but the talent is still probably at a full-time level or how does it really work? Well, no, yeah, there, there are, most teams are full-time in okay. third division. Like the mm -hmm. two teams that I was at were hundred percent full-time, full professional. Um, there are some teams obviously that aren't, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean anything, but uh, yeah. So in Spain, it's first division. Well, it was, they changed it now, but when I was there, it was first division uh, segunda A, Segunda B, which is third division, and then Tercera, which was where I was at. Mm -hmm. And and what are some things that you took away from that playing style? Because like you said, you've been able to adapt to so many different styles, but the typical Spanish way, keeping the ball on the floor, moving at possession, long bouts of possession. Was that much different than Greece and Argentina in terms of your um, adaptability and maybe your game itself developed? Then Argentina, definitely. But because I was already in Europe and I got that, I was able to get that from from Greece. It wasn't it wasn't too I didn't have to adapt too much uh, to the football. So it, it was I thought it was a pretty easy transition coming from Greece to, to going uh, to Spain. From some of the things you from some of the things you've said in, in the episode so far, I get kind of the feeling that you're an optimistic person. It seems kind of like, you know, some like you kind of mentioned with the Greece opportunity. They told you about an opportunity. You didn't really question it. You were like, yeah, let's do it. I think a lot of players these days often look for the perfect fit. They want all the pieces to fill it in, to come together. And OK, this is the perfect opportunity. Now I'll take this risk. But I feel like you kind of look at it as, okay, here's an opportunity. I'm going to make the best out of it, and I'm going to use this to my advantage. Am I right about that? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't hurt. I mean, and I think about it a lot. Um, 
there's millions and millions of football players that would die to be in the position that I'm in right now. So, mm. I mean, who am I to to say no to coming to play in second division in Argentina when I know there's millions of kids in Argentina that would kill to be in this position right now? I'm lucky enough to be able to have this job and to call myself a professional and to play at an extremely high level uh, in a country that's respected all around the world. So, you know, who am I to, oh, no, because, it, you know, in Argentina and it's outside of the capital and I don't have this and I don't, I mean, no, nah, I think you just got to take advantage of every situation because, you know, this game also doesn't last forever. We mm -hmm. can't, unfortunately, we can't play forever so um you know where football players are limited in time so i think we just have to take advantage and make the best out of the opportunities that we have yeah 100 one other thing i kind of wanted to touch on um just from the amount of countries you've been to and stuff uh and i think we kind of hinted about it a little bit is this political side of the game you know the the I guess it can be quite dirty sometimes. Were you ever, like, when were you, would you say you were kind of exposed to this, the soccer industry like this, this beast, you know? And what advice would you give young athletes, especially since, you know, you, you went abroad at such a young age? Yeah, I mean, I think um, when I was in Greece, uh, when, you know, it was back and forth, whether, uh, whether or not I'd be getting called back into the national team or not, obviously missing the U20 World Cup after not missing a camp since the, you know, since U14. Um, and obviously, you know, you see what goes on sometimes in, in MLS and in the USL and, and stuff like that. Um, I'm, but it is what it is. I mean, there's nothing anybody could do about it. I think what, the young players nowadays that are coming up just have to focus on working hard. And um, if they really want to do this for a living, there's no reason why they can't do it, but it's not that easy. It comes with a lot of sacrifice and a lot of hard work. And, and if you are able and strong enough mentally to, to do those things, then sooner or later, things are going to be able to, things will work out for you. Uh, as much as politics and and all that stuff could take a a toll or a part in you know in all of it at the end of the day if you work hard and and you make the sacrifices and you're strong mentally um i don't think it not politics or anybody will be able to stop you from from reaching your goals and your dreams exactly that persistence of not not stopping regardless of something like failure and, and how you approach it and learn from it. Now, talk us through your relationship with failure and not shying away from the next opportunity despite it. Honestly, it's that's one thing that I've, I think I've worked well with. Um, you know, I like to listen to a lot of other athletes and you hear a lot of stories of athletes and that play other sports that have failed millions of times and end up becoming the world's greatest or maybe the best ever at the sport that they play. So, you know, it's tough. It's tough to, to accept failure because nobody wants to fail because especially us footballers, when we leave the country and, and go try different places, you feel like you have not only yourself, but your family and, and everybody's, you know, depending on you and, you know, so, but at the end of the day, it, it only makes you stronger or mm -hmm. at least, you know, I can speak for myself where it only made me stronger. And um, the older I got, and if it happened, the, the more stronger it made me and the more confident it made me and, and the more it made me work harder, which is why I think I am where I am today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It just adds, it just adds notches to, to yourself, just kind of builds you up as a, as a stronger person, like you said. Now, you mentioned this, and, and I, I hadn't seen this from your story or anything from your stats and everything, but this Montenegro opportunity, can you take us through that, how that kind of 
why that fell apart? Did that have to do with COVID? Well, uh, no, it was a couple months before COVID, mm-hmm. but um, um, it was tough. It was tough because um, like I said, I was one of those. I'm one of those people that you know, some comes up. Um, you know, I'm ready to go whenever, wherever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't matter. But um, I was going through a a tough time off the field. Mm-hmm. Personal, personally, uh, my grandfather had passed away, and a couple weeks later, I was on a plane to Montenegro. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, grew up with my grandpa. Um, he meant a lot to me. So I just wasn't in the. It wasn't the right time for me. It wasn't. I wasn't in the right headspace. Um, I it just didn't feel right. Um, so you know, I I wasn't able to mentally or physically just be there anymore mm-hmm. so I, I i thought it was best for me to to come home and explore other options mm-hmm. and that's that's when you spent time uh playing for val united uh with your your father was the the coach correct yeah yeah how was that to, to get to play under under pops uh not because he's my dad but you know in I'm sure there's there's other people that tell you that have played for him. He's one of the best coaches that I've been been able to play for. I mean, he just he was born to be a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, he just tactically and and everything he does is just is it, he he makes you a better player every mm-hmm. time you step on the field. So I mean, it was it was great to have that experience with him and. Obviously, to it's not an everyday thing that that you get to do that. So to be able to to play under him and and just get better every day because of him was it was unbelievable. How has he helped you on on your journey and, and even now? Like, do you do you guys discuss your games and he kind of helps you to to see some things maybe that you weren't able to see in video or your coaches weren't able to see and help you get the best out of you. Oh, a hundred, a hundred percent. He's the, you know, he's the first one. Um, nah, he's, I mean, if it wasn't for him also, I, I wouldn't be where I am today. Um, he's played a huge, huge part in my career. So he's somebody, you know, really special. Um, but yeah, no, he's, and like I said, he's just, he reads the game differently than everybody else. He just has that 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 don that he was born with that stuff Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. of course i mean he sees things that that i would never see or maybe that i don't see during the 90 minutes that he'll tell me or you know he'll he'll uh he'll tell me what to do or what not to do and things like that so he i mean that's a huge advantage also having somebody like that who's just uh also loves football and and is a and is um a really just really really intelligent when it comes to to the game. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, throughout your journey too, I'm sure. I mean, because you you started when when a lot of the things that are around today weren't around, so social media and stuff like that. I mean, the distractions nowadays, as opposed to maybe back when we started on the journey and things like this. I mean, how do you see something like? social media or these off-field distractions kind of I'm sure you've been around guys who who've it's you know kind of diminished their talent or, or diminished their opportunities like how how do you feel like this is affecting kind of the younger players and generation I mean yeah for sure I mean you know like they say right all that stuff you see on Instagram and and all that stuff is is usually fake I mean our, you know, most professional soccer players don't drive Lamborghinis and live in mansions, and mm-hmm. you know, like that's that's few, that's few. Um, so I think the kids nowadays, it's not, you know, that seeing those things isn't right because that's not how it is at all. Um, there's only one Messi, there's only one Ronaldo. I mean, those people are special, and you know, maybe they didn't have to work as hard as me and you. Mm-hmm. because they were special you know mm-hmm. uh, but I also think that has a lot to do with with the people surrounding the kids also mm-hmm. parents sure. and you know oh. family and friends 
um, not letting them, you know, be able to get into that distraction and keeping their head, you know, keeping their mind straight and keeping them humble. I think that that's a huge part also. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we like to talk about here about having a direction and not an endpoint, not a specific point where you get to it and you say, oh, I made it, I'm done. Now, where are you now and what direction do you want to go? I mean, I think I'm obviously I'm where I want to be now in life. I mean, 27 years old, like I said, um, the league that I play in or the team that I'm on, the league that, that we're in is is really, really competitive, really, really tough. Um, um, where I want to go, I just I want to be able to play as as long as I possibly can, um, because I don't I can't even think about uh, the day that I that I turn around and say I can't do this anymore. So um, for me, it's just that it's just being able to take care of myself. Uh, being able to stay away from maybe injuries and being able to to make my career last as long as possible. Mm. That's gratefulness right there for all yeah. the kids out there. That's gratefulness and where he is, and gratefulness for what he gets to do every day. Love that man. We're gonna we're gonna hop into the fast feet round now. So some some more quick fire questions to 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 wrap up. We'll start with favorite player growing up. Raquel May. That's, oh, that's a fucking fire answer. Love that. Favorite moment in football? Favorite moment? Probably signing your first professional contract. Mm. Most signing difficult moment? All the times I've had to be away from my family and miss, you know, important things. Yeah. Sacrifices. Best advice you ever received? um treat treat others the way you want to be treated yeah especially in this game like you said just kind of helps you get into the teams helps you adapt yeah 100 favorite place you've lived so far probably sevilla spain Ooh. what about it oh it was just it's just a beautiful spain's a beautiful country and sevilla is just unbelievable it's so nice the people the weather, just just everything about it was, you know, five years. So it was a long time living there for me. So it was it was great. Best player you've ever played against? Probably Seco Fofana, under mm -hmm. sixteen national team, U.S. against France. Now he plays in in the French league. I don't know for who, but he was went to play sure. at Man City. Yeah, he was. <laughs> <laughs> what about best player you ever played with? I got there's a I got two. One was well, they both played with me in Greece. One was a uh, Matias Veron, Argentinian guy. Mm -hmm. He's a defensive midfielder, but he's retired now. And the other one is probably Michael Hoyos. He's American, Argentinian. Now he plays for um. I think it's Liga de Quito in, in Ecuador. Brilliant. If you weren't a footballer, what would you be? Probably a coach. Nice. So, yeah. so so that's that's where the career is headed afterwards? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. We'll I, we'll I don't we'll even think, yeah, I don't even Can't think, think that about far. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I feel you. Do you have uh, any favorite books? No, I mean, I've read, you know, mostly soccer books, football books, like uh, Mourinho's biography, mm -hmm. uh, Maradona's biography is probably the my favorite one, I'd say. Maradona's biography? Wow. Yeah. Any quote or mantra that you live by? God gives his toughest battles to his strongest soldiers. Mm. What a place to end it. Yeah. What, Nico, thank you so time. much for coming on, man. We can't wait to share the story with everyone. Uh, we can't wait to follow along with the season. So we give you yeah. the, you know, the best of luck. Keep killing it there. And uh, we'll be following along. Uh, thank you guys so much for having me on. It was a great time. And uh, I hope we can do it again sometime. Absolutely. Thank you.
Yeah, another what a honestly, what a path. Just 15, you're off to Argentina to follow yeah. your dream. And you know, you're not looking back. And I think that's something that a lot of guys need to know the amount of sacrifice that has to go into something for you to be able to play at levels that like Nico has played at and visited places like where Nico has played and lived. Yeah. You know, a lot of these things don't come easy. A lot of the things are great. I mean, like he said, you know, there's so many things that he would never change, even though he looks back at some ways he used to think about things or maybe decisions he's made. And, you know, maybe you would do something differently, but you learn from it. And I think, I think guys need to know that there's not just a perfect opportunity that's going to fall into your lap. Go out and grab it. He's yeah. 15 and he's going across, not across the world. It's just, he's going South, you know, but you can use that phrase too. Cause I guess, guess whatever. which way you look I'm at it, he's going across the world, <laughs> but I mean, he's going to a place and yeah, he may know some, he has some family there and stuff, but you still leave it, leaving the place where he grew up, where his friends are, you know, while everyone else goes to high school and to college, he's out here grinding against guys who are trying to make a living, who are not coming from the best living standards like he said it's doggy dog dog world and again i just i think this mentality and the stuff that he brought to this podcast guys really need to take a look at and take a look at themselves with and say do i really want it am i ready to sacrifice all these things to go get it okay let's go get it right yeah i mean that that is full commitment he decided mm -hmm. at that age that you know what, this is the best for my career and having the foresight to see that and the ability to stick through the situation. And he said he had great support from his family, but I mean, that's not an easy thing to do. It's not an easy thing to do when you're 21, 22, 23. We nope. see it's not an easy thing for a 28 year old to do. Nope. And, and he just took the opportunity that he had and made the best of it. And he's become, I mean, not only an incredible footballer at this point, but also how much he's grown as a person, what he's learned from all of, all of his experiences. Man, I would love, I just, how he speaks about Argentina too is fascinating to me. Just the culture yeah. around, because, you know, we've played in places where, you know, soccer, football is life. But comparatively, like, yes, football may be huge in Germany, but it doesn't have that same kind of no, the same feeling. Bite. It doesn't have that vibe to it where it's like all out. Yeah, And of course, I'm not downplaying any anyone's you know but you know what i mean like the way he's describing argentina is like this is almost war in a way right crazy so fascinating yeah. what a story um yeah we talked a little bit afterwards and there's there's gun there has to be a part two he's just got some more stories to tell and more things i think a lot of young guys need to learn and realize about the professional game and it's it's not all sunshine and rainbows, you know? Yeah, exactly. I think he there's there's so much to pick his brain from and so much that, that players can learn, young and old. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, yeah, he's just so much life experience. Yeah. And, and from that, I want to have a great segue into limited edition merch is on the way. Make sure you're signed up for the newsletter so you get all of the updates and you don't miss out because there will be only a limited quality. So don't fuck up basically and yeah what else what else sean consultations we've had another few this week yeah um just you know connections guys this is what it's all about building your network you have questions to ask us you know ask away. reach out reach yeah. out to us we're we're you know if we don't get back to you right away we will get back to you so you know sign up on our consultation form that's on footwork.club slash join the club or also footwork.club slash want to go pro i believe yes but go to footwork.club it's an easily navigated figure it website. out yeah. you figure it out and if you it's don't very then, well set up if you don't then i don't know if you cut out to to, to go abroad <laughs> yeah um yeah but like we always say at these end of these episodes that free support means the world exactly so until next time keep moving forward keep learning and make your own path Thank you.
Footwork is sponsored by ourselves and great companies such as Kong Fitness. But we love to partner with new brands to make their own paths, so get in touch if you must. Footwork.club, the official footwork website is now live, so make sure you go join the club and check out all the new content and all the new features. Find us on YouTube at Footwork Podcast. You better like and subscribe while you're there. If not, I don't know what to tell you. Find us on Instagram at Footwork underscore podcast. Great time there. Twitter at Footwork Podcast. TikTok at Footwork Podcast, where we like to post dance videos. Those are great, but more importantly, amazing content for any dream chasers out there. Plug, plug, pass. Tell your friends, your enemies, your mother, your brother, your sister, your pastor, it doesn't matter who. Tell the mailman, your dog, anybody that can listen. Like, subscribe, review, because all of that helps while you're there. We'll take whatever we can get to join the club. Join the club. He messed me up. I mean, he can just, he can just mash it together, so it's fine.